It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a piece of that championship put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. It's PJ and this edition we are all about the auction leagues. Getting you ready for your auction league draft. Looking for some steals and deals. That's what we're doing on this edition. Again, we always encourage you to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So whenever the new edition comes out, boom, you've got it right away. All right. You can always follow us on Twitter as well at Draft That Guy. I've got to admit, I'm a little bit out of my element here. Have not done the auction league yet. I don't know why I won't do it. I'm just stubborn in my keeper league ways. So we got our expert again from rotowire.com, Jim Coventry, to join us. And also Todd right now, he's going to give you his two cents on auction leagues. I'm not going to specifically talk players this week. I wanted to share some advice on auction leagues. Uh, If you're looking to start in a new league, by the way, auction leagues are fantastic. I find it to be a lot more fun than just your regular draft, snake drafts, or or whatever you may be in. So if you're looking for something new, definitely try an auction league. Now, if you're already in an auction league, here's my advice to you. For the past five, six years, the way I would draft is I'd always be a little conservative with my money. I was always finishing with a winning record, maybe would get into the playoffs, but would always lose in the first round and that's never fun right we all do fantasy football because we want to win my advice to you is spend your money i went big last year on zeke actually ended up winning my league so my advice is spend about 30 percent of your budget on the player you really want whether that be a running back a wide receiver whoever it is you have to remember in auction leagues you can have anybody you want you're not saddled with oh i got the ninth pick who am i gonna take i can't get such and such you can have any Anybody you want so you need to go in with that mentality spend your money if you're worried about well I'm not gonna have any money in the late rounds to get any backups don't worry about it go out get the guys you want and then figure it out later on in the draft if you have to spend a dollar on a player here two dollars on another player your roster is gonna turn over so much throughout the year I don't think you should be so worried about spending your money right away in the draft so that's my advice to you like I said I switched it up last year I won my league if you're thinking keepers as well if you have an auction league with keepers keep your keepers I've made the mistake I draft a guy for a buck or two bucks I get late into the season and then I say ah you know what I need this roster spot for the flavor of the week and guess what while I'm looking at my roster getting ready to set my keepers this year I'm thinking wow I really wish I would have kept a couple of my one or two dollar guys look at Chubb right Nick Chubb for the Browns Don't you wish you would have kept him last year when you drafted him way down in your draft and said, okay, I'm going to have him as a keeper, but you probably cut him along the way because he wasn't getting a workload. Well, the people who kept Nick Chubb right now, I'm sure are really happy taking him in as a keeper this year. So for auction leagues, spend your money. Don't worry so much about what you're going to do later on in the draft, what your backups are going to look like. There's so many injuries. There's so much turnover on your roster. That leads me to another thing. I personally, I don't look at bye weeks. I know a lot of people do. I don't care about bye weeks. The reason why week eight who's going to be injured who's going to be picked up off the waiver wire look at it that way i try to draft the best possible team for week one i'll worry about the buys when i get to week eight that's my mentality i just like to get the best possible players right out of the gate you do you but me i don't worry about the bye weeks and my last thought if you really want to dive deep if you want to find the next philip Lindsay, 
I mean, who drafted him last year? Go out and look at the teams and find out who their beat writers are. Follow them on social media. A lot of times the beat writers for teams have nuggets that you're not going to find in national news. So go out, just follow a beat writer that's at practice training camp every single day and they're watching these guys. You know, nine times out of 10, the flash in the pan in training camp generally doesn't turn out to anything. But you know what? Who cares if you're taking them in the 15th or 16th round? How happy would have you been if you would have taken Philip Lindsay as a 16th round flyer last year? So follow beat writers, see what they're saying about guys. That's how you find your gems late in the draft. And besides, you're seeing what sticks against the wall when you get that late in the draft anyway. So those are just some of my tips for going into an auction draft, maybe a keeper draft, or just drafting in general. Uh, I'll be back, of course, next podcast with some players that I like for the upcoming year. This is Todd from Fantasy Football Zone. You know you want advice. You know you want answers. You know you need a little help. Swallow that pride, young man. Send your sit or start questions into the zone on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Once again, being joined by Jim Coventry, fantasy analyst, rotowire.com. And Jim, I'm going to need your help here because I'm a stuck-in-my-ways keeper league guy trying to make the transition over to the auction leagues. What are some of those tips you can give newcomers like me? Well, first of all, the beauty of the auction is that if you want a player before you spend all your money, you can have that player. That's the beauty of it. Yep. Now, the first thing is I always say don't overthink it. You should treat it like you would treat a regular redraft league in that you rank your players. And then from there, that's where you kind of decide how much money you're willing to budget on a player. You should have looked at that before your auction. You should decide how much you're willing to spend. And, and I would put players into a tier. I wouldn't, you see, I wouldn't just... Um, I would assign a tier of players a certain amount of money you'd spend on that tier. You'd be happy with any of those players in there. Because if you get emotional in an auction, you can get carried away on the bidding process and end up losing your money on a couple of players you didn't want, and now your season is tanked. So that's the first thing. Obviously, running back is going to fetch the big prices. How do you determine the balance of how much you're going to pay your running backs? I So my balance typically is I'll spend – 30 to 35% of my budget on running back and 30 to 35% on receiver. I only spend a small amount on quarterback use. So what will happen in most auction leagues is the first few quarterbacks will get auctioned for a bunch of money. And then all of a sudden, if you didn't get one of those, you will be getting quarterbacks who are quarterback ones. You'll get them for a few dollars insanely cheap so you have to you have to kind of pass the temptation um i i you know, like to spend 10 percent on quarterbacks like 10 percent of the tight ends and that gets me to about 90 percent and then i have some wiggle room with that extra 10 percent for doing you know if i bolster one extra one spend a couple extra dollars so that's kind of the, the philosophy i'm not overspending on a quarterback not overspending on the tight end, and I'm getting one stud running back for sure. Now, Jim, what if you're in the mindset that you want two stud running backs? Then how do you determine the rest of your budget if you're one of those people that uh, you just got to have those two top guys on your team? From my experience, if you're with a, um, a solid group of, of you know people who and fantasy football pre and if you're if you're going to pay for two of those running backs, 
your roster is going to be too thin receiver, and, and you're really, really, really going to struggle. So I, what, now what I'll do is I will tier, I will, I will go for top five running back, and then I will get a guy who I have ranked in the, like the 10 to 18 range. I want a solid running back, too, but I can't pay the price for two of the elite guys. It's just too much of a drain on the budget. So say if you wanted to get two of the elite guys, would you go more in the wide receiver group category then? So at wide receiver, unless one of the top guys go like of a top receiver goes for less money than I think he should early. Otherwise, what I'm doing is I am taking a bunch of my low end wide receiver ones and, and I'm taking wide receivers too, and I'm paying up. Um, and now you know how much to tell you how much money. That's that's difficult because every auction's different. Yep. But I'm de- I'm definitely targeting those stable wide receiver twos. I want to load up on them. I want to have consistent points from the wide receiver position, knowing I've already paid for my high-end running backs, and I'm not going to be able to pay for receivers as well. So I need those wide receiver twos. And I try to get those those as quickly as I can before people are desperate and overspending. Now, I'm going to ask you about that, too. As this goes on, as the process is going on, and you're seeing some overspending going on, do you adjust your budget then accordingly as it's going on in mid-play, or do you try to stay pat to the plan and, like you said, don't get wrapped up in it emotionally? Well, emo- you can't get emotional but you do have to get a feel for the room and you have to, you have to go with the flow with that. You, there's going to be no way you'll survive the auction if you don't understand how players are being valued. So I always make it a point. I write down or type out by my spreadsheet open. I type out how much each player went for. And I want to know that those first couple running backs, those first couple you know, receivers went for, because that's establishing the market. And so if you think the market is underspending for what you felt, then you should go ahead and go after players who you feel are a budget until everybody, because sometimes in an auction, it's the first time for everybody. Sometimes people don't realize how quickly your money goes. And so they try to like save it. Mm-hmm. And you can walk away with, with, with um, values, but more seasoned auction you know, um, players, you know, you know, you're going to learn a lot by marking down those first few prices so you understand what the value of players is going for in your league. Now, here's the what-if situation. What if somebody overpays for somebody and that just screws the prices up for the whole market for that category? Well, yes, that does happen. <laughs> and, then, and, and so the advantage that the other people take from that is then on the, you have to decide as this is going on, you're realizing that people can – they're going to run out of money. And so then you're going to have to get value players. Now, you also need to spend money because if everybody is like overspending, you can't just sit on your money because then you're going to end up with money left over at the end. And that's the last thing. You don't want to have dead money sitting on you know, your, your auction. So you need to be spending it, but you need to understand, again, the flow of how that auction is going and where you want to spend those dollars and get your players. Fantasy Football Zone podcast being joined by rotowire.com fantasy analyst Jim Coventry, again, focusing on your auction drafts for fantasy this year. And let's get in the running back position. Saquon Barkley, he's going to be the one to commend top money. How much you spending on him? Okay, so typically... Um, $200 budget. You're looking about yeah. 30, about 30% roughly. You're mm-hmm. looking about 30%, probably 25 to 30%. They're going to, they're going to spend to get Barkley. That's what typically, again, every auction is different, but that's typically where it shakes out at. So you'll pay pretty much the same for Elliot, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Camara. Usually those first four guys, they will be priced pretty much within a couple dollars of each other. The offense should shake out. Now, Jim, what about the holdout? Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon still in the holdout stage as we're recording. Do those affect those values? So 
now remember, Elliot has to report by August 6th, or he does not get a, a crude season toward free agency. He is not in the same boat that Mel Gordon is, and so Elliot has to be there by August 6th. So he can play the holdout card, but he has no leverage after that point, and that's still like a full month before the season. So I am not moving Elliot on my board. He does not have the leverage. He can't sit out you know, real time. So I will not move him off my top four. He's my number one, actually. I, um, I do have him ahead of Barkley. Now, Melvin Gordon's situation a little different. Where's his value at? Yes, I would only pay backup running back, back money for him right now. I, whatever happens to him, you know, if you're going to take a stance on him, then you're going to say, you know what, he'll be there, then then you can get a discount on him. But I'm under the – my feeling is he ain't back to week 10. He's going to sit out all eight weeks. If for him it's a financial decision, um, he's thinking he wants long-term money. So I think he is not coming in a weekend, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong. But I, I, if, if he wants to go in an auction for 5 or $7, fine, I'll take him. But otherwise, somebody's going to pay up for him thinking he'll be there. Now, after these top four guys, you know, it starts to slant down. Where do you see guys like David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell? You know, some guys, that they, they've had some injury issues, but they still can be a top 10 running back when they're uh, healthy. Yeah, David Johnson is honestly my number two running back on the board. I am way outside the industry on that. I am I definitely am not a slave to average trap position. I make my own. So I, I believe that David Johnson, um, you know, he had the bad, the bad offense last year. And that's going to be the Saquon Barkley problem this year. There's nothing around him like David Johnson had nothing around him. Anyway, I have David Johnson as my second. So I am hoping to get him in all my auctions. Now, so if we're paying um, 30%, 25 to 30% for the top four, David Johnson would come in at about 20%. So him in that next tier, there is a drop. They do drop in price. It's about 5% of a drop, roughly. Again, every league's different. You see by the, the drop about 5% for him, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, um, probably Delvin Cook. Those guys would probably be at about 5% discount there. So with those drop-down values taking place, do you think it's a good year to maybe uh, wait back a little bit on running back? So the biggest thing here is it's the the belief that you have in a specific players you want. Again, I, the beauty of the auction is if you want a player and you're willing to pay, you pay for him. I do. I know I can get David Johnson for less than the, the freight that you know the top four are going to go for. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But again, you somebody you have to buy into that player and say I'm comfortable owning that player. I agree with you, Jim. You really got to trust your gut in this kind of deal. Absolutely, and that's really what this is. Um, you know, I'm buying into Damian Williams heavily. He's and I'm gonna talk regular draft. So he's going as a second round pick in most redraft leagues, which means in auctions, he's going to be going for probably 15 to 17% of budgets, unless a couple people get caught up in the whirlwind of, you know, particularly fighting over him. But for the most part, so he's a guy I'm targeting as well. And Marlon Mack is in that same boat. Another guy, you know, getting picked a little bit later, but but I think both Williams and Mack can return you first-round value easily. What about guys that are kind of in between tiers? And a couple guys that I've got specifically in my mind, the Bears, Tariq Cohen, also the Patriots, Sony Michelle. What are some of the values you put in those tiers? Yeah, so Quinn gets last year, he was priced out as just like a satellite back, like a receiving running back, yeah. one of the better ones, though. I, 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 in a $200 budget, I got it for $9 last year, which I oh. thought was a great value. But that's how receiving backs tend to get valued. They get, they go, um, I can't think of the percentage, but they go for a low amount. They don't, they don't, they do not get priced up unless, again, somebody, a couple people are desperate for a running back and they, the two of them get in a bidding war. So Cohen would be a fairly cheap player. And you know you're going to get volatility with him. You never know week to week 
what you're going to get target-wise. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so he's a, a good, affordable player and a great roster building block. Sony Michelle worries me. They bring in Damian Harris. Rex Burkhead is still doing great things in camp, and they love him. James White's still there. I really am concerned about Michelle's knee and the fact they have so many guys in that backfield who they're planning on keeping active. What about Carrion Johnson coming back from injury for the Lions? Are you a believer in him? Well, Carrion Johnson, I, and I wish they wouldn't have cut Gilbert until very, very late in the preseason yeah. because now – Everybody's going to move him up their draft boards, and I don't think anybody's stealing Carryon Johnson anymore because they know he's going to be a three-down back. But even last year, when when he was healthy, they would go to two tight end sets, um, and they would throw him the ball. They threw him like 32 targets on first and second down, which that's a great analytic mark, but it's also a sign that when you're throwing an early down, it puts your offense in advantageous situations. So they're willing not just to run Johnson into a stack box, but if you throw the running back the ball – Against you know a stack box, it, it's completely different. So he he's a guy. Yes, I, I think he should be a low end running back, one with a little more upside than that. What about with the Ravens, Mark Ingram situation? Yes, he's running along with Lamar Jackson. Is that going to hurt his value though? Yeah, and the comment that here, and then most of the audience will remember when Alfred Morris had his big season. He ran alongside Robert Griffin, who was the quarterback. Yep. This is similar. Those running quarterbacks um, who can who scare a defense, they create big running lanes for their running back. Mark Ingram is going to be the beneficiary of this. So I am in on Ingram. I mean, and, and, and again, if he's at that point in the draft and, and he's a player I target, I will be happy to have him on a team because I think that he easily, given the touches and keeping healthy, he could easily put up 1,200 yards. I don't see any issue with that because you can get five yards to carry when you're playing with Lamar Jackson under center. Now I'm going to ask you about handcuff guys, and I'm sure these guys get bit up a little bit because, you know, it's it's a perfect opportunity to drive up the price, I guess, because you take one guy, well, you you got to need this guy just in case something happens. What do you do in that situation? So I am in the camp that unless we have very, very deep rosters, I would rather have – a satellite back from another human receiving back than having a handcuff. Okay. And a lot of the people, the industry's changing this way too. A lot of the industry analysts are kind of have been pushing this envelope of not handcuffing as much. And and it's become less and less in years because a lot of that gets filtered down and people listen to some of this advice and they kind of follow through. So a few years ago, a little more, but right now there aren't many handcuffs who somebody would say, I have to have. If you think about it, he'll only have two or three guys backing him up. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley will have a couple, and nobody really wants Wayne Gallman anyway. Yeah. He will have a, a committee behind him. So if we think about it this way, there aren't really many specific handcuff backs who would be a complete number one takeover guy. I'd avoid it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one, too, that, uh, because, yeah, you get stuck in that situation, and if they decide to change offensive philosophy halfway through the year, you're stuck with that. Yes, and it's not worth it. You have other upside players you can go after. Now, who are some of those other running backs that are on the lower end of things that could save you some money, and they might be a big bang for your buck this year in auction? Okay, before I get to those very, very cheap ones, um, I recommend going after Leonard Fournette this year. For I was going to, yeah. I was, ahead, yes. I, 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 you know, that did kind of escape me. Uh, it, it goes with our injury bug kind of deal. It, you know, how much do you trust the guy? But yeah, I see him down a lot, and I, I actually think things are pointing up for him this year. I agree. I, and I think some of these injuries, and it's just it, it is a cycle. I think he's in for injuries, but more importantly, for two years 
They ran him into ridiculously stacked. He was basically running a brick wall after brick wall and not putting up numbers. Now Filippo is the offensive coordinator and Foles is the quarterback. They're going to throw the ball to Fournette on early downs. They're going to make use of different personnel groupings, put Fournette in better situations. He is going to be in so much of a better situation. He, you could get him at a running back two price, and he could be a guy that finishes the top seven back. Now you are asking for cheap dart throw type guys yep. for a couple of dollars. Yep. Darius Geis is going to go cheap. And the reason he's coming off the ACL from last year, but, but Geis is clearly going to be the guy there in terms of being more talented. Now coaches can make a foolish decision, but, but I can't see a scenario where Geis is anywhere with normal self that he has not taken the, the majority of the work. So he's a cheap guy you can get. Okay. So last year, um, the, the Broncos, I believe, was the third easiest schedule against the run. Mm-hmm. And Philip Lindsay in the right place at the right time, fast dude. Um, they were running a different offensive system that was, was not conducive to Freeman at all. Uh, they're making modifications to the running attack this year, and it's much more beneficial to Freeman. They're going to see a more difficult schedule. So I think that I, I think Lindsay's going to have a lot of struggles. But he's like an elite type athlete. Um, cite some numbers here as. 88th percentile speed, 85th percentile agility. I mean, this is not just some big dude. This is a big dude who can move. And, and so he's the kind of guy that can thrive if he's used properly. They have draft capital in him. And I think even despite the schedule, he's the kind of guy that profiles as, as a long-term strong NFL back. So I spent a couple bucks on him. And, you know, he could pan out and be a big deal for you. Fantasy Football Zone, again, trying to help you out with your auction league draft this year. And, yes, we are going to head over to the wide receivers now. And Jim Coventry joining us once again, rotowire.com, fantasy analyst. Jim, what do you think of these top-tier wide receivers? Are you paying for these guys? You know, I'm I'm not paying for – I'm not going to pay for the top five that are going to command – so percentages are always tough. Yep. So so I know in the $200 league, we'll pay – Oh, $55 for the top running backs. Yeah. Those top receivers will go 5 to $7. They're going to be upper 40 to around 50 so They go for a little bit less, um, which is how the draft board shakes out. It really does often look like the draft board if you put money to the picks. It kind of works that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not pay- I can't pay that freight because I need some depth on the roster. I have strong starters across the board. Going stars and scrubs to a point is okay, but I don't think it wins many option leagues. So, I think we're looking down, and players that I would totally start looking after, Allen Robinson being drafted late, so you should be able to get him, you know, for in a two hundred dollar league, less than fifteen bucks, maybe maybe twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Godwin and DJ Moore a little more expensive, but um, these guys in this middle tier are the guys you want to try to target. While people are buying up the high price guys, you want to get these wide receiver two types, and you get a significant discount for the wide receiver two type. What about guys like Kenny Galladay and Brandon Cooks? Are they in this tier? And they are. I mean, I'm looking at my draft board right now, and I do have them in that middle tier. My middle tier is Robinson, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, Stephon Diggs. Brandon Books. That's pretty much my middle tier right there. Mm-hmm. If I can get two of those guys, 
That's my goal is to get two of them. You get three, it's a bonus, but you can get two of those guys, you're in great shape. And then I guess in a tier below that, you got Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, I guess Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, you still got some good value down there that could uh, help you save some money in the auction. And that's where I really think you need to target. You gotta pay for you gotta pay for your running back, so pay for a stud one and then pay for like an RB two. And then you gotta get those middle tier receivers. And that's you gotta even if it's when it's your turn to bid, don't try to be sneaky. If people are gonna be bidding the top players bid in one of those guys and be willing to commit to you know, paying a decent amount but not overpaying for him, but get those wide receiver twos. That's what I, my recommendation would be. Okay, so now with guys that are injured, like A.J. Green, we know he's going to miss a couple games. Cooper Cup sounds like he's going to miss some as well, some time. What's the comfort level uh, bidding on them? A.J. Green, in, again, a $200 league, I don't think he's going to go for more than $10 right now. And I think if you can sock away a player um, who's going to miss a couple of games, I think you gamble on the talent. You take a risk on the injury, and I think you take you take that low salary and you go after him. You can't pay overpay for him, but you, if he's going for a cheap salary, I think you jump on it because it's an opportunity. People are fearful. You got to be greedy. That 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 is awesome advice right there. Yeah, and especially like you make the point. If you really want the guy, you can have him in this format, and for ten bucks or AJ Green and. Yeah, you're going to have to stash him for a couple games, but you might have him, especially when the money counts down the road. That's a fantastic value. No, you're right. You win it in week 16. That's when you win. Yeah. Um, you don't have any buys in the first three weeks or, or whatever, so if he's missing, you've got a full roster of players you can use. Nobody's on a buy. And now let's go to those lower-tier receivers. Who are some of those great values you think are down here lurking that could really produce some great value to your team? Oh, there are. I really like Tyrell Williams. He went over from the Chargers to the Raiders. Usually I don't like like when receivers switch teams, but everything's changing in Oakland. It's not like there's, he's going into an established system. So Tyrell Williams is one of these guys, and I'm going to throw some numbers out again. Yep. Um, 82nd percentile speed, but he has 85th percentile agility. And what that means to me is he's not just his big deep threat. He's a guy that you can throw the ball short and he can run after the catch. He can get open in the short area. With Antonio Brown commanding the double teams, Tyrell Williams has a great chance to shock everybody this season. Devin Funches is another guy. Um, Devin Funches, the last time Cam Newton's shoulder was healthy, I think in the second half of the season, Funches like the wide receiver 20. And um, going to Andrew Luck, he's getting him a really big target on the outside, and I think it's one that he's going to be able to utilize. Funches will not be double covered, and there's going to be enough pass volume, I think, to get you know maybe high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, for three for sure. And so Funches is a guy, a couple dollars you can get for. I believe Dante Moncrief does win the number two job in, in Pittsburgh, and, and I believe that with his downfield speed, 97th percentile speed, I believe that Ben Roethlisberger will take it, and he likes to throw deep. And with Juju getting the majority of the coverage, I think Moncrief will be a cheap dart. And I'm hearing that John Brown is looking fantastic with Josh Allen as a quarterback over in Buffalo in camp. And John Brown, um, he, he was having a great start to the year until Lamar Jackson took over a quarterback, and then their passing game was toast. But um, John Brown's healthy now. And, and he's an outstanding receiver. So he's a guy you can get cheap. Um, D.D. Westbrook, another one, um, runs the slot in Jacksonville. You should be able to get him fairly cheap. Um, Marquise Goodwin, everybody's going to sleep on him. And last year, people were drafting him in the sixth round of drafts. And he had some personal issues and an injury, and he ended up having a lost season. But he is an amazingly talented player, 
and he did have a great finish to the season when Garoppolo played those four games. Mm-hmm. And Garoppolo didn't play last year, so it's not like he established chemistry with anybody. Goodwin has a great chance for an end-of-the-roster guy to end up being a very significant fantasy producer. Jim, i got to ask you about another guy that's down in this tier. He's got a great relationship with Deshaun Watson. The problem is half the time he's injured. That's Will Fuller. What are your thoughts on him? How much can you trust in uh, value you put on him in an auction league? So he had that midseason ACL tear, and I know he's more of a straight-line speed guy, so he's probably less impacted by it. But I, But if it takes away anything it's not even a full season remove so i'm a little bit nervous on him i have him he, he ever on average goes to the 32nd receiver um i have met 40 which means i'm probably not going to own him somebody's going to pay you know 13 14 bucks for him and eh, not maybe not maybe somebody pay, yeah somebody may pay 13 or 14 bucks in a 200 dollars league for him um, I don't want to be willing enough to coming off an injury like that to go about nine or ten because that I can have other guys who I know aren't recovering from ACL and again it was a late season it was like week ten I think he got hurt yeah yeah that's so right that yeah. makes me nervous you know this one this name did escape me and I know it's the Giants but Golden Tate yeah he's gonna have the suspension coming up but I, I could see him too four games right away at the season it's a guy that always seems to get targets his way. And I, I think that would be a good value for somebody out there. But, man, an Eli target. I know, I know. Quite Matthew but... Stafford target, right? Yes. <laughs> or Russell Wilson target, a referee playing with yeah. him. I think it's the year again where all the giant receivers get injured. So, I mean, he might be good in that point because they have no one else to throw it to. The last man standing. Exactly. like that. Yeah. Hey, why not, right? Why, why not? not? It's, a, it's an auction league. You're going to get him for a couple of dollars. Like I said, surely with a four-game suspension, you're going to get him for – a one or a two dollar bid. You're right. Yeah. And and what do you got to lose? Right, the bottom of your bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes in and you know gets regular snaps. Yes, why not? Right. Yeah. Five weeks come, you put him in. Might be able to flex him. Sure, I, I can absolutely see that in an auction league. All right, we'll move the conversation now over to the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes. Someone is going to pay big in your league for him. Is he worth that though, or do you think Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, they're starting to come up on that line? So from my experience with auctions, and I have been in a lot of auctions, but it's those first few quarterbacks. They you're gonna you're gonna pay ten percent of your budget or a little bit more for those very top guys, and then you're gonna be getting guys for a couple of dollars. Mm-hmm. So Mahomes, Watson, for sure, they're gonna be the guys that go. You don't need to spend that money a quarterback. Yes, so I I pass on those guys. Let somebody else spend up for them, and you should be able to get. James Winston, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Tyler Murray. You should get those guys on literally for a couple percent of your budget. You're going to get somebody. Find find a list of guys you're comfortable with, and you will get them because everybody's going to spend their money elsewhere. You'll get a value, and it'll give you flexibility to buy the other players at the other positions. But I can't stress that enough. I unless you really, really got to have that quarterback. Let the few people pay up for the high end ones. And let's face it, it is still a passing league. So I mean, you can even. You even down there, your quarterback at number twenty usually he could still throw for four thousand yards this year and uh, get you some touchdowns. And yeah, for that value, that that'll help out the rest of your roster uh, budget. Oh yeah, great call. That's exactly correct. Kirk Cousins, where where do you stand on the guy with that? Because you know he has the wide receivers. He's got two All Pro wideouts there. What kind of value uh, should he be? One of those couple buck guys, or do you think he'll be trending up because? somebody will try to grab him because of the strategy. I am so nervous about the coaching situation. Though. Like I said, when they fired DeFilippo last year and they brought Kevin Stefanski in, everybody's in the passing game's numbers tanked. 
Cousins, I want to say he had like 215 yards or less in almost all of the last six games. He had one touchdown or fewer in most of those last games, and it was a complete shift in offensive philosophy, and they're bringing that staff back. Um, Zimmer wants to win with running and defense. And, and so much as I like Cousins and I like his targets, they're not going to throw the ball 30 times a game. I'm out. I can't. Fantasy Football Zone podcast. Again, Jim Coventry joining us from rotowire.com, fantasy analyst. We're going to move things over to the tight ends now. Travis Kelsey, by all indications, going to be the number one guy off your board. He is kind of like a number one receiver in that kind of way. So do you think the bidding for him is going to get up to wide receiver level in auction leagues? I have found some of the greatest values in most, and this is pretty much every auction I'm in. You could get those top tight ends for a significant discount in relation to what you pay for wide receivers and running backs. Um, again, $200 league, top running backs, you're paying 55 to $60. Top receivers, you're paying 47 to maybe 52. But that tight end, 30, you might get them for $30. Okay. Again, a $200 budget. And I've found this to be across the board. It always goes, even back when Grok was taking care of business. So if you want to be really sneaky, and if you have a flex spot, sometimes I buy, I buy Kelsey and Kittle. Ah, that, I am both. I like your thinking there, yeah. Because like you said, you're going to be saving big time money, and you're getting basically two number one wide receivers. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's one of the greatest tricks of an auction um, because most people go into the kind of that allocation per position. I'm going to spend X percent and this and that, and they always put a lower percentage at tight end and, you know, they just kind of go with it. And some people don't even write it down. They just kind of figure it that way. It's a tight end. And um, so, yeah, you, you see, see what your auction's like. If you can steal those guys, steal them. Steal them both if you got a flex. Now, what about a guy like Jared Cook? These Saints, they always bring in that tight end you think is going to just mesh with uh, Drew Brees. I remember it was Colby Fleener, I think, a couple years ago. And, <laughs> it was. <laughs> and, and Ben Watson, and you're like, they're, they're going to light it up this year, and it never happens. Do you think it'll happen this year? And if he does, do you think uh, you could make a big you know, reward for that? Absolutely. Um, Jared Cook has grown as a player over the years. He was a late bloomer. He had all the measurables you'd ever want out of a receiver in terms of speed and burst, but um, but he just didn't figure it out. But late in his career, he did. And so now I, I think I think he's fairly safe. Uh, the last two years, he's been good. And you know, he's walking into a system that's tailor-made for him with a quarterback that loves throwing over the middle to safe options. And I, from what I heard, they're building up quite a rapport. So I, I have no issue. And you're going to get, the, just like quarterback in an auction, once those top couple guys go, you're going to be getting these tight ends. $200 league, you're going to get most of these tight ends for $5, $6. You're going to get them cheap. This whole second and third tier are going to go cheap. So who are so, those names you like in, that, in those tiers then? So the players you should be able to get cheap, Hunter Henry, Vance McDonald, Jared Cook, David Njoku, any of those four, you will get those guys for a few dollars, maximum a few dollars. Um, if you could steal O.J. Howard, that would be great, too. Um, or Evan Ingram, don't know. Those two guys might cost a little bit more. They're kind of that, that, um, that next tier of cost. But if you yep. can get those, yeah, those guys cheap, throw them in there, too. Now, what about a guy like Eric Ebron? Put up the big numbers for the Colts last year. Do you see that continuing this year, and is he a good value? Yeah, now, fortunately, he'll be overdrafted in regular leagues, but in auctions, he's at that point where they're only going to go for a couple of dollars anyway. Oh, I suppose, so, yeah. 
yeah, that whole middle tier is going to go for, like I said, maybe, maybe you know, three to six dollars. So that will save people who are going to overpay him, but don't pay up for him. They added Funches, they added Paris Campbell, the rookie. Last year, when um, Jack Doyle played, Ibram snaps were forty percent. Um, he was like a part-time player, and Doyle's healthy. So. Yeah, I would I would pass on Ebron. There's no way he repeats the touchdowns. He's not going to see the snaps, um, and their offense is diverse, more diverse this year. What about some of these rookie tight ends that you know the ones that came out of Iowa, uh, Hawkinson, I believe, in Detroit, and Faint and uh, Denver? What, what do you think of these guys? Are these maybe a dollar or two dollar guys that you could maybe boom or bust on? One dollar, and the track record of tight ends making it a rook- as rookies is so small. Um, and, and honestly, I. I I mean, there's no scenario I would own Hawkinson because he's going to be blocking more. Yeah. So he's not even going to see the amount of pass routes like Noah Fant will see. But, um, but the other thing is they just don't – it's such a hard position for these players to learn. And then Detroit's also going to be a run-heavy team, so there's not going to be that many pass targets to go around. So I'm going to be off of Hawkinson for that reason. Noah Fant apparently has been dropping passes right and left in Broncos camp, but – the advantage for him is he's a move tight end, and so he probably will see snaps just as a receiver like that. Well, dollar, sure, if he catches fire, why not? But um, like most tight ends, he's probably going to take a while to figure it out. Jim, I almost forgot about a guy that we both like, Gerald Everett, the tight end for the Rams. He's got to be a pretty good value in auction this year. Yeah, he will go for a dollar. Uh, he absolutely will go for a dollar, and he's definitely worth that dollar. Sean McVay drafted Everett to be his new Jordan Reed. And from an athletic standpoint, he is that talented. But as we said a few minutes ago, it takes tight ends a couple of years to learn their craft. This is his third year. If they bump his snaps or they, they go to more tight end heavy personnel, he could literally explode, and he could be a top five or six tight end. He's that talented. All right, we'll move on over now to defense. Uh, got any tips for those in the auction leagues? So what will happen in most auctions is – the established number one and number two defense for the year, they'll go for three dollars. I think they'll go for maybe three dollars. That'll be it. and then been done. And then after that, they're one dollar defenses. So basically you pick your defense. That that's how the auctions typically work. Studies that keep showing over and over the the previous year's number one defense isn't the number one defense the next year, but that's the defense that gets paid for. So I always say target a defense that wasn't that, you'll get them for a dollar and just Roll with it. That's that's my advice from them. And, and it's any defense you have a feeling on because it's so fickle. It's such a passing league now. Uh, it's very difficult for to get any consistency out of your defense. Yeah, you know, Jim, that study's right because remember last year the Bears defense. Nobody thought they'd put up the production that they did, so they were a good value. Right. And, and even that Bears defense, like last year, we had a, a crazy production. Yes, they were the ones going for a dollar because they weren't the top defense the prior year. Nope. So that's how they tend to shake out. I, I'm, Dallas is a defense. Um, I might look at you know if you're looking for a dart throw for a dollar, you're all going to be a dollar though. You know, you're you're going to get a top ten or twelve defense because that nobody's drafting two of them or buying auctioning two of them. So um, the Rams could bounce back. They weren't good. They disappointed people last year. They're a good one to look at. Jacksonville disappointed last year. Uh, Again, look for these defenses that have talent, are coming off a down year, and bet on some talent, and then, you know, you can cycle through them anyway. If they don't work, 
you drop them and add a new one. And then for kickers, is it the guy who kicked the most 50-yard field goals and you get points, extra points for him kicking 50-yarders? That's who you go after? Yeah, it's about it. If there's any difference at all, yes, you do that. Um, again, kickers are the same way in auctions as defenses. Justin Tucker will go for $2, maybe 3 and he might be the only one now. Uh, yeah. Oh, Zerline. Zerline will go yeah. for 2 or $3. And then after that, everybody's going to be a buck. You probably have to cut the kicker on the, um, the bye week anyway. If roster spots are tight, mm-hmm. most people can't carry an extra kicker through that. I, usually Zerline and Tucker end up on the waiver wire in most leagues because for that one week they're on a bye. But, yeah, find an emerging offense. And find an offense that you think is going to move up, but they're going to break down in the red zone. Or, like the Chiefs, they're going to score a kajillion points. Yeah. So if they're going to score every time, extra points are fine. But otherwise, find a defense like Carolina. They're going to move the ball a lot. So go Graham Gano, maybe you know, try something like that. So that's uh, Houston is a team moves the ball a lot. Um, so, you know, Kareem Fairbairn. So, yeah, just go with options like that. But um, if you have a couple dollars you want to spend on Justin Tucker, fine. It's only $3 anyway. And if you're losing sleep on what kicker to pick – well, don't don't show up, I guess. I, I don't know, because the rest of it will blow your mind then. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, fantasy analyst Jim Coventry, rotowire.com. Again, check his stuff out. He's got great stuff inside the numbers. Help you out with all those fantasy decisions this year. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Fantasy Football Zone. Our Auction League preview is in the books. Remember, for all you keeper leaguers out there, we have that preview for you as well. And for everyone that redrafts every year, we have that preview down the line as well. Again, always subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast wherever you get your podcast from so you get the latest episode downloaded right when it becomes available. This is PJ, and thanks again for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Football Zone podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter at Draft That Guy. This is the Fantasy Football Zone.